0: Hey Bridgetown Church and all of you listening online, welcome to the Bridgetown Daily for Monday, January 4th. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Daily is back. It's a new year and a new season. And I love the new year because it's an intuitive time to pause and reflect. Uh, this coming Sunday, I am, God willing, teaching on the prayer of examine from Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Jesuits. And I will make a case that we don't change from experience. We change when we reflect on our experience with God and with other people. And the beginning of the year is a natural time to kind of reflect on our experience, to pause and to take a deep breath and to look forward to the year to come to 2021 and kind of take a bird's eye view of our life and reset our habits every January or kind of over the Christmas break, I sit down and I pull out my life plan with my seven major goals for my life. And I kind of take a long, hard look at my habits and my schedule and all of that. It's a great time to kind of take a deep breath and kind of reset your form, but also not only to look forward, also to look back, in this case on 2020, and to reflect, to let the past form us rather than malform us, because it has the potential to do either. And coming off 2020, you know, a lot of us, I I know that I don't just speak for myself here, are are still reeling from all of the chaos and how our life just kind of fell apart at some level last year. And on one hand, we made it. If you were listening to this, you made it through 2020. Well done. Um, but it it really does feel more like a gift to me than an accomplishment. I came to the end of the year, on one hand, feeling beat up and a bit burned out, but on the other, feeling a profound gratitude to God for his fidelity to me and my family and to our church and even to our city. So on the one hand, we have the sense of, you know, we made it. On the other hand, a lot of us came out of 2020 with a wound. And this is inevitable. We live in a world where the three enemies of the soul, the world, the flesh, and the devil are all on the loose and wreaking havoc, not only in our society, but in our soul. So this January, a key task for us as followers of Jesus is in the language of emotionally healthy spirituality, embracing grieving and loss. When my wife and I first discovered Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, which is the work from the Scazzeros in New York, the idea of embracing grieving and loss, um, not just as an idea, but as a spiritual discipline per se, was new to us. You know, we grew up in a Western culture that has little to no value for grieving. Ours is a culture living in the denial of death. And people that are close to death, we shut out of sight, out of mind. And we live in the fantasy, in particular for middle class, of upward mobility and kind of an up and to the right kind of culture. And we grew up in a church culture that often in a well-meaning attempt to Curate the mind stream and in the language of the New Testament, rejoice in the Lord. Often, on accident, would promote a kind of denial of the pain of reality, just a kind of Christian escapism from life. We had to learn, both of us, how to grieve with the Psalms as our map and Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane as our guide. And it it was several years, and still, I I, I feel hard because as a Westerner. I'm I'm used to doing things and grieving is less something that you do and more something that you let be done to you before God. But grieving, embracing grieving and loss as we set behind 2020 and look forward to 2021 is a key task for us right now as apprentices of Jesus. It's key that we integrate, and that's the best word I can think of, all of the good and all of the evil of 2020 into our life story, into our body and make peace with it at a cellular level so that our wounds become sacred wounds. Meaning the ways that we were hurt or beat up or let down by life or by the church or by ourselves or by people around us. So the wounds don't fester and open us up to infection and self-destructive behavior, but rather they become a source of meaning and purpose and healing and renewal, not only for us, but even more important for others. Of course, the question is how? One very simple paradigm I love is from Ronald Rollheiser, who is one of my all-time favorite writers on Christian spirituality. In his best-selling book, The Holy Longing, he writes about what he calls the Paschal Cycle, Paschal is a Catholic kind of term that has to do with the Passover, which Rollheiser ties to the church calendar, in particular kind of the Eastertide stages. He writes about the five stages of the Paschal cycle. Number one, Good Friday where we get in touch with grief and loss. Number two, Easter, where we get in touch with hope. Number three, the 40 days after Easter, where if you know the story, the disciples are invited to realign to a new kind of reality with Jesus. Number four, the Ascension, where Jesus left the disciples for heaven, but he gave them his blessing. And then number five, Pentecost, the coming of the Spirit. Rolheiser turns that into a five-stage emotional process for kind of embracing grieving and loss in a way that where you kind of end full of hope. And this is his language, not mine. Number 1, name your deaths. Number 2, claim your births. Number 3, grieve what you have lost and adjust to the new reality. Number four, do not cling to the old. Let it ascend and give you its blessing. And last, number five, accept the spirit of the life that you are in fact living. Now, the best way to go through this emotional process is just to journal. I'm not a diehard journal guy. I actually journal. <laughs> most of my journaling is over the Christmas break. I do a ton around this time of year. But there's so much evidence now from scientists of all people to back up what spiritual masters have long said, that just the act of writing out your emotional pain before God is healing in and of itself. There's even science to indicate that you actually have to write it, not type type it like you it's like you have to get it out of your body and onto the page in order to deal with it and so the best way to do this is to carve out 30 minutes or an hour or whatever you have and kind of write out the five stages on a page or two in your journal and under each one just journal for a bit name your deaths claim your births all of that But to start our week, let's just do a short version right now in prayer, wherever you are, if you're folding laundry or walking your dog or driving in your car to work or getting ready for your first Zoom meeting or chasing your three-year-old around the house or wherever you're at, just I invite you to take a deep breath and slow your mind and your body down to the flow of the Spirit of God deep inside you, that undercurrent of peace and serenity. And I invite you just to set your mind before God. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and to populate our mind and our imagination with your word for us today. And let me just walk you through those five stages and give you a moment to, in your mind, in prayer before God, do each one. Number one, name your deaths, meaning name what you've lost, Over 2020, what has died could be a job, or your business, or a relationship, or a plan that went belly up, something as simple as I was planning on running my first marathon for my 40th birthday, or my 40th birthday party, or something far more intense and painful. Name your deaths. Number two, claim your births. Meaning, what has God started to birth in your heart or even in your life? What's the new thing in the language of Isaiah that God is doing in and through you? I lost a lot in 2020, but also in all honesty, God put a ton of new vision into my heart and a lot of new things started to come up in my life, not just vision for the future, but even in the present. Take a moment. What's new to you over the last year in the season, whether it's actually in your life yet or on the horizon in your vision, claim your births. Number three, grieve what you have lost and adjust to the new reality. Grieve what you have lost. Think about that list you just made a moment ago. Get in touch with the pain of what you have lost. Don't shy away from it. Don't run away from it. You don't need to get lost in the pain. But neither do you want to live in denial of it. Just make emotional contact with your pain. Just feel it. Grieve it, hold it before God in honesty. And make peace with the fact that it's gone, that it's happened, that it's real. Number four, do not cling to the old. Let it ascend and give you its blessing. Let go of the past. Let go of what it is you've lost. Don't try to get back to it if it's not God's will for your life or if it's not possible or it's not doable. Let it go. Release your emotional need. Let it bless your future as a warm memory of not something that you're sad that you've lost anymore as much as you are grateful that you had it in the first place. What a gift that season was, that job was, that living situation was, that relationship was. Just let it give you its blessing. Let it live on in the memory that you carry in the storehouse of your body. And when it comes, let it not produce sorrow anymore, but let it produce gratitude and sobriety for how fleeting our life is and how good it is before God and how all of life is gift. And number five, to end, accept the spirit of the life that you are in fact living. Not the life you wish you had, not the life you used to have or you plan to have in the future. The life you are in fact living right now not in fantasy but in reality not with PR or spin but with just honesty this is my life before God the good the bad and the ugly accept it and not just accept in the sense of make peace with it but could you even give thanks for it could you even rejoice in the aspects of it that are good and beautiful and true Shift your mind's attention from what you've lost in the past to the provision and the presence of the Spirit of God in the here and the now. And even more, let the Spirit of God rise up in your heart a hope for the year to come. Hope in the biblical sense of the expectation of coming good based on the person and the promises of God. That no matter what comes or does not come in the year ahead, however long it takes for the world to go back to a semblance of normal and whether or not that does happen or not, the hope that God is with you, that you are not alone, that one day God will return to make all things new and end all sorrow and pain and suffering, all of it wiped away forever. And in the meantime, God will utilize any pain and suffering and sorrow you have, past, present, and future, to form you into a man or a woman of agape love and to deepen your joy and your peace and your tranquility. And in the meantime as well, God will bring forward good from the the future into the present, from the age to come into this present age. That is the gospel of Jesus. May you live in the hope of the gospel.